twenty an arm in there. Right, hello everybody. Transform now again with the great legendary, such a nice guy, Dean Lisiak here. Legendary. Yeah. Wow. So he's been trying to get his arms there, showing me just sort of like getting the whole flexing bit going. Yeah. It's not working, is it? No, nah, because you're looking actually quite small next to me. Looking. Wow. Everybody does, don't they? Yeah. Come, giant. Come hench, yeah. Anyway, so today, because Dean is a is a good friend, he's also won many competitions. So just a general chat about how he got into bodybuilding, his wins, his lack of a pro card, and general health, and his life, basically. So, Dean. So. You were talking earlier on, you started off as a runner. I was, yeah. I was very young, and a lot skinnier than what I am now. But uh, it was my school days. Um, I kind of exhaled in sports. Uh, not because I was genetically gifted or anything. In fact, I was probably the smallest kid in my year. Really skinny, oh. underdeveloped, oh. lack of nutrition. Were you bullied as well? Um, we had a bad childhood when I when I grew up, and that kind of gave me a strong mindset. So that's that was the key to my success, basically. Um, so you started running? Yeah, I was always running away from home. I'd yeah. done a lot of running. When we got kind of pushed into sports at school, um, most kids, when you get tired, you get knackered, you give up, don't you? It hurts. It's horrible. Yeah. But I kind of developed this mindset that I couldn't give up. I couldn't stop no matter what. Especially so, with the police chasing you. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, that wasn't until later on when I oh, met you and we yeah. got into bad things. But <laughs> yeah. I was a good boy back then. Right. Okay. Good. So um, more cross country, long distance running. I can remember like just just going and going until I'm on the floor and being sick but still carrying on, and uh, I I've won. Uh, I couldn't tell you how many races. I, I won. I was the best in the school at cross country, 400 meters. We went on to win the district championships cool. in cross country, and that was kind of where it started off. And the first time in my life when I won something. I was rewarded and felt significant, and that became a bit of an addiction in my life. So um, I really enjoyed that feeling, and that's what kind of pushed me and made me want more. Then you went into martial arts? Yeah, I got a, li a little bit older, and back from uh, our abusive, messed up childhood, I was always that skinny kid. I always wanted to be bigger and stronger, and mainly to be able to look after and protect myself, but my family, like my mom. I had to watch go through some horrific shit at a young age. So I, I got into martial arts, I got a little set of weights, uh, did a, I can remember doing like 10 of these and 10 of these and every single day, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Did you do any of them as well? Uh, I didn't have a bench, that's probably why I don't have a chest. Yeah. But I did, I did my squats. <laughs> so <laughs> Alexa, little, yeah. little plastic set of weights. Then I got into uh, martial arts. It was a good friend of um, the family. He used to be mad on, um, I don't know if you ever heard of Jeff Thompson. He was yeah, yeah, Jeff Thompson, the old. Awesome, really into... The bodyguard stuff, yeah, street violence. Street yeah. violence, he was, he was a dormant and yeah, it, was, yeah, yeah. it was all like... Um, animal classes used to run, the old animal classes, Crazy, yeah. yeah. So we did yeah. mainly tie boxing, stroke, streetwise, self-defence. And I loved that shit. It was real. It worked. Everything in Thai boxing was all knockouts, one punch, elbows. It was deadly. Um, 
And then um, I was doing really well. That had the same kind of attitude that I put everything into it. So they they wanted me to fight uh, competition wise. So they pushed me towards that. Uh, I only had a few into clubs. But I, I won them all. I remember the first one. I was I was 18 years old, little skinny kid, and they put me up against this guy. He was I think he was 31 years old. He'd been doing taekwondo for about 10 years, Thai boxing for about seven years. I seen this guy. This is a, a full-grown guy. Here. I'm yeah. this little skinny boy. Fully-grown man, yeah. Yeah. So the, the it was an interclub, and I mean Bob Bob Spar was the the ref, awesome guy, and it was just like it's just an interclub. Just give the crowd a bit of a show. Like there's no knockouts. It's nothing serious. I like, okay. Barung, this guy come out. Boom. Tried to boot me in the head. <laughs> like I, it. Nearly did. I just I went with it and wedge blocked it, just like copped it. I thought this guy's not messing around. He's trying to knock me out. So like, fuck this. I, I broke his range and got in there. And I remember knocking him out first round. Then I got told off by the ref for knocking him out. But the crowd enjoyed it. It was a good yeah. show. I did a few more into clubs, um, and then I was kind of pushed towards bodybuilding. So what made you uh, go into bodybuilding? Um, so I always wanted to be bigger and stronger. So I wanted, like when when I was at school, I was like sixteen or whatever. This this one kid I used to hang about with, he loved weight training. He'd get the Flex magazines, and I read up and learnt a little bit of basics of nutrition. And when Dorian Yates was Mr. Olympia, yeah, I was looking legend, up to yeah. him. Dorian's God. Uh, so everyone would have their dinner break. Me and this kid, Will Will Francis, his name. We used to go into the multi gym in the in the school on that dinner break, and we'd do like back every day and do lats because we wanted a back like Dorian and yeah, a bit like my back, yeah, just like yours, thing, yeah. yeah. It's just oh. as thick and I'm worried. Yeah, and then like when I left school, I was doing the martial arts. The, the weights were always there in the background. We used, I used to do my own thing in the house, and then every Saturday, me and Will would link up and go to Ironworks gym. When I first started, Bob's, Bob's, Bob's when Bob was there, yeah. um, and it was awesome. We just, just used to go there just to train legs, and we didn't know what we were doing. We just piled the weight on crazy weights and push ourselves to be sick. Uh, looking back now, the form was atrocious, but it was a good foundation, a good start. Yeah. Then I was doing the martial arts, then after that, I started going to a gym in Redditch where I'm from. Uh, it used to be Body Flex, but now it's Fitness Unlimited when I started going. And the two guys that run it, one Mike Fox, the other one was Jeff Collins. Now, Jeff was uh, a former judge for UK BFF. Okay. And uh, he's a photographer. He'd done a lot of work for the Flex magazine. Any, any top bodybuilder back in the day, Jeff had done pictures of him. Yeah. Like all Bill Fox, Tom Platts, a lot of them, like... He sort of got me into photography. But then anyway, one day I, I was in there and I was doing my Thai boxing class. And on the way out, he, he collared me because he, he said like... Uh, what, you'd be nicking something? No, no. I come oh, that's <laughs> <what I mean. laughs> it's only when I'm around you. That's fair enough then, yeah. So I come out and he was like, well, we've seen you in there. you got better legs than half the guys in the gym. So you ever thought about competing? I was, I was like 18 at the time or something. I was like, competing? He says, I think you've got really good genetics and good potential. You could go far. 
like a bit of guidance. Yeah. And I said, bodybuilding. That's that. You stand on stage in tiny little pants oiled up. Look yeah. at me. I was like, nah, it's not for me. Yeah, I normally just do that on Fridays. You said. Well, yeah, like, but not not on a stage full of people. Like, that's just around your house when we have those parties. Yeah, shh, don't tell everybody. They don't want to come on. <laughs> Women's lounge. Yeah, yeah that. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> so um, I was. I just like I didn't want to know at all. I but I loved um, training, so I was, I was hitting the weights hard. Uh, he kept going on. We, we became good friends, and he taught me basics about nutrition and how I should be training if I want to get best yeah. potential and muscle growth. And he kept going on and on about this competition. I was like, okay, I need some stability into my life. And this guy, he's, he's a judge. So he must know what he's talking about. So I'll listen to what he says. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. So... um he, stuck, he sat me down and he went through my nutrition, gave me a, like a diet program. I needed to eat a lot more food. And then he showed me the ropes. Like first we went in was training legs and I just had that, I would never quit attitude always from day one. He didn't train himself, but he, he knew how to grow muscle and what's best. He would push me and push me until I was sick on the floor and I'd carry on and push me and just obliterate yeah. my legs. Old school training. And then at the end of it, I'd be there, I'd be like, thanks, Jeff. And he always remembers that to this day that he could just abuse me and then I thank him for it at the end <laughs> of it. And that, that was all I knew because that was what I was taught from that age. So he kind of, I wouldn't say trained me every day. I did most of it myself, but like he showed me the ropes and got me the basics. Your first mentor. Yeah, and then he said, look, if, if you're serious about competition, we're going to do um, UK BFF, which is like at, at the time it was the main one. It's the only one you could get a proper pro card. He says you're going to have to go down that road and think about taking steroids because everybody else in the competition's on it. And basically, if you're not using it, you're not going to have a chance. Yeah. So I, I was like, um, uh, well, it's going to make me bigger and stronger. I, I didn't give it a second thought. I was like, okay, tell me the ins and outs about it. And I was very lucky to, to have him at the time teach me what's safe. What was your not. first cycle? My very first cycle was uh, one shot of Decker a week. That was 200 milligram. And you remember P5s? Yeah. They was very, very mild. I think I was on three, three a day, or three to five a day. So one, 200 milligram of Decker, three P5s a day, and I put nearly two stone on with that. Wow. It was probably like a, a 10, 10, maybe 12-week course. Yeah. How old were you then? That was when I was uh, 19. I started training hard, did my first course then. And uh, when was your first competition? 20. So, so for that one year solid, we trained for the comp. So I did that one course, it was like bulking, yeah. um, just that little mild bit of Decker. Uh, I can't say the, the, the Decker and the P5s put two stone on me. In that process, I started training extremely hard for bodybuilding and my calories went through the roof. Yeah. I was probably, I'm not sure at, at that time, but I remember eating four to 5,000 calories a day, clean food, and that was a struggle to eat that much and I was yeah. tiny. Um, when I was tie boxing, I was what nine stone. Within a year, I think I was about twelve stone. So I put a, a fair bit of quality weight on, and then we did another 
another course, just like some, I can't remember what it was, some fast acting stuff up into the competition where I did my first show, Mansfield Classic as a junior. So I was 20 then and it was under 21s. And uh, I walked in and I, I won it. I had a really nice uh, symmetrical shape, what they're looking for, like an X-shape, wide shoulders, yeah. small waist. And I always had quite good legs from, from a young age. I just always lacked in the chest area. So I had the, the, the shape, genetic-wise, I lacked a lot of thickness and as, as a, a juvenile junior. Yeah. But um, I got my condition pretty good for a first show. The diet was disgusting. I remember I didn't have a clue. I, I kind of just took his guidance. And we did pretty much a chicken and broccoli diet for probably 10 weeks of that. <laughs> Nothing but chicken, broccoli and water. And it, it was how it was horrible, but I didn't know any better, and it was just normal for me then. So I was killing myself in the gym. I was cycling to work. I was working in the factory at the time. Yeah. Uh, you sort of funding yourself through... I had no money at all. I mean, I remember bulking up, and I needed a lot of calories. I was eating tins of tuna and pasta. Yeah. That's all I could afford. I was eating five tins of tuna a day. That was like 20p back then. Yeah. I ended up blending them, drinking them in the brine, because I couldn't... St- stomach eating them anymore so um money was always tight um working in factories and stuff like that i left home when i was like 17 and renting places some weeks it was either you pay your bills or you eat you eat yeah so it wasn't the, the best lifestyle to try and grow so you eat obviously yeah <laughs> obviously yeah some cold nights outside yeah. Yeah. But, um yeah so we did that the mansfield classic i won that and which gave me an invite to the British Championships as a junior. So that October we went to there and I managed to win the, the British title, uh, my second show ever, and became junior British champion. I think that was 2000. So I was, I was 20 at the time. And then in, in their rules, basically, you could only compete with their federation. If you yeah. go with another one, you'll get banned or whatever. But if you win the British title, then you automatically get an invite next year. So I'd have to qualify again. Yeah. So I only ever did one qualifier. And then um, I think maybe it, it was it was tough. I mean, the competition was amazing. But I think I had a, an easier year to what there had been. I think the year before I competed, Stuart Core was the junior. If yeah, you ever heard of him, really. he was 18 stone ripped on stage oh, yeah, as a yeah. junior. Crazy freak. So I wouldn't have stood a chance. So uh, it was a little lucky that like, uh, I had an easier year when I won. And um, my, my heart wasn't really in it. So after that show, I kind of got back more into martial arts. Did more... Um, we used to do a lot of sparring with, you know, Chris Rice and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ross Mason. He was top yeah. of his game back then. Yeah. I used to more like help them and, and be a spar partner for when they're getting ready for fights. And I just remember one day uh, we were sparring, just, just hands and feet. Ross was getting ready for a, a, a fight. He was coming up. And uh, we were messing around. He took me down on the floor and I had no groundwork. I didn't know any jujitsu, nothing. I thought, this guy's much bigger, I'm much stronger. I'm just going to throw him off. And no matter what I'd done, he stuck to me like a leech and I felt like a fish out of water. I felt like when I was a kid again and I I had no control over anything. I felt powerless. 
and it was the scariest moment in my life it was horrible <laughs> so from that day on he, he could have done anything to me he could he choke me out he wrapped me up and i felt pathetic so i was like shit man i need to learn this jujitsu stuff so then uh, i really got into jujitsu with um ross and a bit with chris and I, like never competitive level or anything good i just learned the basics and so i was comfortable on the yeah. floor and i got to the point where i could never tap ross out but he couldn't tap me out i was at that point there. yeah but he, he was very very good and then um i did that for about four years so i'm about 24 at the time i'm now working on building sites doing a lot of door work security and my life's all over the place there's no structure here being on building sites i used to love working on there it was a proper crack but they're the kind of people there that are just like crazy yeah. on the lash yeah. drunk every week i got into some bad crowds we we got drinking a lot and when i got to like 24 i was like i need to just change my lifestyle here because it's going downhill yeah so, so the, i got back into bodybuilding what was that sort of point of realization that i need to change just i didn't like when my life was going i got to a, a stage i started getting a bit more mature i was like i'm spending so much money going out drinking i don't i don't have any money and the money that comes in i, I go out you spend a hundred pound getting pissed on a night wake up with a bad head you hardly remember what you did you're like yeah. this is just a waste of life you had a great night yesterday yeah. a great night i don't remember it, it could yeah. have been shit it that's how good it was I yeah. yeah i mean i could have went around yours got pissed and got bombed or something who knows <laughs> that would have been a great <laughs> night but no if i didn't yeah, remember I know, it so i just got to a point in life i thought i need some structure in my life and i just remembered when i was bodybuilding it was the most structured part in my life because the diet had to be bang on point, eating every two to three hours and it was regimental. The training was so hard. And I loved the effects you was getting from that and how you seen your body change. So I just committed to getting back to bodybuilding and doing another show when I was, I was 24. So I set my mind onto that. Didn't need to qualify because I was a previous British yeah. champion. So I, I hit the weights hard for another year, put a, a, some tremendous gains, got into very good condition. And I was a light heavy, under 90 kilo. So I went into the open class. Little cut, like I'm a British champion, I won it, a big, big cocky, got blown away. The competition was amazing. There's just, I was like, wow. I'm at like uh, intermediate level. Yeah, These guys are big time. So who else? Who was there at the time? Oh, and the first year, I can't really remember. Maybe I don't know if it was that year or two. Two years into it, I really can't. But there were some amazing physiques back then. But it might have been the year after I went there, and I made the top ten. I was progressing. Yeah. It was against like Flex Lewis. Um, James Wenning, uh, I, I can't remember who was in my class. But anyone who's a good pro from the UK now I've competed against at some point. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I was progressing through the ranks and then I, I made into the top five and then I was against Flex when he won. I came third. Um, I mean, that, just to share the stage with yeah. people like that was incredible. The great block flexes. Yeah. I mean, back then he, he was, he's a couple, one or two years younger than me. 
So he was still like just come out of junior yeah. level. He was a juvenile. And his his muscle back then was phenomenal. At the time when when I when I came third to him winning, I was bigger than him. Like there's more muscle mass, but he blew me away. His shapes, his just proportions, his small condition, ways, his proportion. It's just I mean he's a freak. Yeah. isn't he? It is. His calves down to his ankles, yeah, it's just crazy proportions. Stuff. So, um, I mean, back then, you're competing in the British. It's They give one pro card a year, the best yeah. of the best. So you got to win your qualifier just to get an invite to the British, and then you got to be the best in your weight class to go to the overall, to beat everybody in Britain yeah. to earn that pro card. So back then, if you won the pro card, it really meant something. Yeah. You've got to be the best of the best. Yeah. Um, we kind of lost that now, haven't we? They're giving yeah, us many, so many pro cards. Yeah, there seems to be so many federations and so many yeah. pro cards. It's really been watered down. It's it's great for getting people into training yeah. and great for the sport, but the, I I think the the class of athletes have kind of gone down. I mean, I'm not saying that there's still some amazing athletes coming out of uh, Britain, but there's so many average or i'd say not not even pro level getting pro yeah. cards uh it's all a money-making scheme isn't it you've got to yeah. pay like 250 pound if you you're awarded with a pro card oh wow you won and then they say okay you've got to pay us 250 pound now if you want it and you've got and to renew that every year you've won the british four times haven't you four time yeah yeah so, so but then I, I went up in the ranks until i finally won it and then um just, and still no pro cards. Uh, well, I won it twice then. Uh, I missed out on the overall. I was against some fantastic guys. You, uh, I think then I, I was against uh, Alvin Small, who's yeah. far from small. Yeah. Uh, Haroldus, who was yeah. a monster heavyweight. Nathan Yasha. A bit later on, yeah. yeah. Another time I won the British, I was getting Nathan came. I mean, I had a good chance of probably winning that year. And then Nathan decided to compete. He hadn't for four or five years. Yeah. Turned up looking absolutely phenomenal. And I was like, there's my pro card gone. Yeah. <laughs> that's the time where he's like, fair and square. There's no way I should have won that. Yeah. Sasan blew me yeah. away. Amazing. Um, Luke Sanders. Luke Sanders took it. Yeah, uh, James Hollings head. It's all sort of like... Fantastic physique. Yeah, Sean so, Tavernier. Yeah. When I, I came second to him one year, that was that was close. My condition that year was just oh, killed myself. It was amazing, but I come in a little flat. I was so dry and hard, but a bit flat. I was better conditioned than Sean, but Sean's overall physique was phenomenal. He's You've also had sort full of muscle. political issues, haven't you? Well, let's, let's get onto that then. So, yeah, that's kind of the juicy part, yeah, now, you know, the political issue. So, so what, did, what did you do which you upset everyone so I, much? I, it's not so much what I did. <laughs> no, that, like, what did you do? Go on. So, in, in their rules, basically, you win the overall, you get the pro card. Yeah. But also, if you win the British three times, yeah. you can apply for a pro card. Uh-huh. So the third time I won it, I, um, I was too embarrassed to myself, but Simon, Simon Fan, he, he went to uh, Bill, Bill Turney, who was like the main guy who runs the Federation in the UK. Yeah. And he was like, so what's the chances of Dean getting the, um, his pro card now? Because he's won three times. He wants to apply for it. And bear, bear in mind, the year before, I just won the British and I got invited to do the Arnold in America. 
uh, Bill was sat next to me on the plane on the way there was a small amount of us that went over I come I'm, I, I didn't look my best but I still made nine ninth in did you do anything to him on the plane that you upset him no no I think it's because I didn't do anything to him on the plane he got he was just you've got to type. give some time brother I like being in hench isn't yeah. it <laughs> you always make it wrong yeah but um so I came ninth at the so I'm going to get my pro card now aren't we no you got no <laughs> chance so yeah I, I didn't look my best and uh, the Arnold is like the best in the world amateurs yeah. I was against you know, like Sammy um Luke there was some big big names who were crazy athletes now I was against them I could I reckon I could have cracked top five if I looked my best but I came ninth I was well happy yeah. It's funny because like I won the when I won the British, I'm really excited. I said to my mom, I won the British. Oh, well done, son. I went to the Arnold. And, mom, mom, I come ninth in the world. She was like, Oh, never mind. You can't win them all. Yeah, you've gone first, didn't you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's only the Arnold. Like. Yeah. But um, yeah, so he knows who I am. I'm sitting next to him on the plane. He's invited me to go there. So when I I won three times, Simon says to Bill like. And Dean get his apply for his pro card. His first reaction was like Dean, Dean who? You know Dean Leshek. Oh, no, I don't know who he is. It's like he just won the, the British. He had like a conversation. Oh, oh yeah. Um, oh well, it's not really down to me, which it is. It's all down to him. He has full control over the UK BFF athletes. So uh, he come up with some bullshit excuse and said I'm going to have to take it to the committee in Europe and see oh, what they say which never happened he just took, took a shit Kevin, EU issue that's the thing that's why we left Brexit so we yeah. don't problems anymore yeah. so yeah, it wouldn't happen now yeah it won't happen now so I thought okay well, well fuck this I'll come back bigger and better next year and I'll make sure that they can't deny me I'm going to smash it so I came back and I won it again Yeah. so now I'm four times British champion which is unheard of because if you ever had to breach it most people will win a pro card yeah. if they reach three they will get the pro card anyway. So I win it four times. So I go again and say to her, now we've got a chance, can I apply for a pro card now? I've got four titles. And he's made some of a bullshit excuse. And he's like, well, you know, you've got to win the overall. And it's in your rules that you can get it. And nothing was really said. And at, at the time, there was a lot of shit going on. And some of the judges with UK BFF wasn't happy and they was leaving. You know, uh, uh, Warren from Porium? Yeah, yeah. He turned around to me, he says, Dean, you know, you, you're never going to get a pro card. You know what Bill's like because you're friends with Simon Fan, Lee Priest, Darren Lambo. Lee's a lifetime band member yeah. and he hates it. And I said, come on, they're not that petty, are they? And he's like, well... I'm telling you now, I know what Bill's like, you went never getting a pro card. So, okay, uh, this this year, Aaron Lambo put um, this big promotion on, doing a UK tour. He brought Lee Priest, Tom Platts, yeah. uh, Samir, amazing old school athletes, brought yeah. them over and did like a tour. So, um, unbelievable. I mean, these, these like legends in the sport. I, yeah. I looked up to Tom Platts as a kid. Lee yeah. Proust was one of my heroes. Mr. Squat. Samir's Mr. Olympia. I mean, he's yeah. crazy. This guy's like 60, 70 and he's still got full abs. Yeah, he still looks sick. Amazing. Yeah. And um, so they did this little tour. 
Bill didn't like the fact that Lee Priest can still earn some kind of money out of bodybuilding. He hates him with a passion. Why? Because uh, Lee... Lee likes to give his opinion and he doesn't talk shit. If he believes in something, he says it. And if he's told to shut his mouth, he won't. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I love people that tell the truth and speak their mind. So many times in uh, bodybuilding when Lee was like top of his game on yeah. the Olympia stage. And a phenomenal physique. Um, unbelievable. Phenomenal physique for his height. Yeah. His fantastic physique. Well, he was told what he can and can't do and what he can't say and he had to, <laughs> he didn't believe in what they said so he would be very vocal on his thoughts. Yeah. And he got into trouble with the Federation many times. He got banned, they let him back in. He got banned, they let him yeah. back in. So eventually, like, like there's some petty, like, when you're an IFBB athlete, you only can deal with IFBB. Yeah, yeah. And he did, like, a guest spot for another Federation or something because he wasn't earning a massive amount of money. He's, he's got a house, a family to look after. Yeah, yeah. He needed money. Yeah. So he did some guest spots or something and they banned him again for life. So he was a lifetime band member for speaking his mind and trying to earn some money. And even to this day, they, they still hate him, especially Bill. So because Lee was coming over and earning some money off these yeah. seminars, uh, Bill took it off his own back to try and put a stop to this. So every gym they was going to, Bill rung the gym and said, if you have Lee Priest at your gym, you cannot associate yourself with UKBFF. What? So Simon had been putting this out like uh, adverts six months now. Lee Priest is coming, get your tickets. It's been out there all over the internet for a long time. Uh, it's come the day now. We're all waiting. Lee's coming. Aaron's bringing him down with, with Tom and Samir. It's going to be fantastic. The, he's on his way. He's en route. There's well, Tickets are sold out. The, the gym's ran full of people waiting to come and see him. Simon gets a phone call. It's Bill Turney. Hi, Simon. Are you okay? At, at the time, Simon used to do put some of the shows on. He'd done the the uh, the Grand Prix, brought it back. He put two hundred and fifty thousand pound of his own money into that show and pretty much lost all of it. It didn't. It was a massive like. It was a lot, a lot of money. But that's Simon. He loves bodybuilding and he he does a lot for it. Uh, it was an amazing show, by the way. I was supposed to compete in it, and uh, I was still in my hotel, in my hotel room yeah. when I was supposed to be on stage. But anyway, that's another, that's another story. That's another story, yeah. So, uh, yeah. With Bill. Bill rings him off. Was you with Bill in the hotel room, or? No, I was with you again. <laughs> Stop denying yeah, this I shit, man. I don't know this guy. We go back a long way. <laughs> <laughs> so after everything you did with Bill in the hotel room, you still never got a pro card. Well, you should know you was there. You was the sandwich in the middle. I said, hold on, bro. I'm going to be good. Use the aubergine. All right, let's change the subject. Go back to... to Every time to, you put this shit on me, I'm going to stick you Let's go back to the Bill you. Saga here now, because people okay. want to know about the Bill Saga. Uh, the Bill Sandwich? Yeah. Uh, I think it's because he wasn't in the sandwich, he got upset. So um, he rung Simon up, and he was like, hi, Simon. He's like, oh, you're Okay. So yeah, uh, I heard a little rumour that you might be having Lee Priest at your gym. He's like, well, it's no secret. It's been on the internet. I've been promoting it for God knows how long. And Bill's like, well, you do know that Lee's a lifetime band athlete. 
He's like, um, what's that got to do with anything? He said, well, if you have him at your gym, you can't associate yourself with us or UK BFF anymore. And so I was like, well, I promote the shows. I put all my money into this. I'm making you a shitload of money. Yeah. And you're telling me who I can and can't have in my own gym. He was like, I'm sorry, but he's on his way here. I can't send these people home and yeah, give them course. refunds. Well, why should you? Yeah. So he said, well, that, that's how it is. That was it. The phone went down. Lee, Lee came. We had an amazing time. Uh, it was the first time I met Lee properly. Um, we all went to dinner and listened to some amazing stories from Tom. And he was cool. I met the expo, remember? He was cool. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's great. Like Tom was telling us all stories back in the day of Arnold and everything. It's amazing time. So um, after that, Simon was banned and he wasn't allowed to do anything to do with the Federation. This caused uproar. Simon left. Um, I think Warren had left. Yeah. Uh, Mike and Lisa, I think, had left at the time. James Collier was doing Muscle Talk ones. He, he used to do something. He left. Yeah. It, they all bust apart. It was just like, it's, it's gone too far. And then they all got together and decided to create PCA. PCA yeah. Ryan came in with them and they all got together and started that's where PCA started. One of the best things for UK bodybuilding, in my eyes. So, um, no shorter than much more professionally run. There's a lot more yeah, shorter. Giving people and love they're, opportunities. They're giving back. They're putting prize money in, giving the amateurs a chance to get something back. At the end of the day, they basically said to you, "You can't have a pro card." Well, I wasn't told that at this point. So then, going back to the point where Warren told me I'm never getting a pro card, yeah. I was like, after all that happened. I said, I'm going to put this to the test. So coming up, do I compete this year? Do I not? So we went for food. There was me, Simon Fan. There was Aaron Lambeau, Randy. It's the famous picture. Randy Blurter, Lee Priest. Yes. So I said to the, uh, the waiter, the do, famous do you mind picture, taking yeah. a picture of us? So yeah. took a picture, posted it on social media, and I just bigged everybody up said, how like amazing it is to become friends with one of your childhood heroes, Lee Priest. Like having these amazing people, Randy Lotte's great friend, Simon, who's done so much for the sport. <laughs> Even Aaron Lambeau, as, as much as a big mouth he's got, he's one of my loyalist true friends. And I posted that on social media. One day later, I got this message, like paragraphs, not directly from Bill or his phone, but from Bill to somebody else, no. to me, basically saying, how dare you associate yourself with these people on social media? Uh, you need to take it off. You can't do this and blah, blah, blah. It's just basically telling me to take it off and I can't be seen with certain people. I'm like, wait a minute, I, I pay money to you so I can compete in your show yeah. to bring people to watch your show and make you more money and you're telling me what I can and can't do. Yeah. So I, I just, I said, look, I'd sent a message back saying, look, I've been faithful to your federation for 14 years. I competed 14 years. I said, 10 of that was in a row. Yeah. I said, for 14 years, I've been faithful to your federation. Uh, I won the British four times. You never give me a pro card and I'm still faithful to your federation until the day you tell me who I can and can't be friends with. And that's the day I walk away and that's where I left it and walked away. And I said, I don't ever want to compete or associate myself with that federation again. 
Uh, I did do a PCA show after that, but that was my last show, and uh, that's where I left it. Oh, that's history, then. I never enjoyed bodybuilding, uh, competing side. I, I love I love bodybuilding. I love training. I love pushing myself. I love seeing the changes, even the disgusting, horrible diets you put yourself through, because it's what gives me. Um, you know, every human's got six needs, and one of them's to feel significant. What makes me feel significant is to be able to do anything that most people can't. So when I squat yeah. five plates aside for 20 reps, not many people can do that. I feel good. <laughs> I get on, can, yeah. get on stage shredded and win the British. Not many people can do that. I feel I get addicted I'll to get that. I'll get that when I can change a light bulb. Yeah. Like, I, I need, and I not, need no to, one else can, can do that. I need a bunk up. Then, then I feel like, yeah, I've achieved something. I only so. have five yellow pages to do that. <laughs> yeah. you, you should feel good now, about yourself. Even the great Flex Lewis recently said that you should come back and compete. And lots of people think that you should. Did he? I, I didn't get that message. Yes, you did. I couldn't I understand it. It was in Welsh. <laughs> like there's English subtitles at the bottom. <laughs> and uh, so, but you've got no intention of ever competing again. Right. Never say never. Yeah. But right now, I've got no intention. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 38 now, I'm 39 in May. Uh, I still got a good few years left in me to progress and get better. I, I feel I'm, I've not peaked in bodybuilding yet, but still, I'm more on. A, I think a lot more about my health and longevity yeah. these days. When I was younger, I just wanted to be massive and get as big as I could. These days, I'm I'm happy. I'm I stay around 100 kilo. I'm 102 kilo lean, probably eight nine percent body fat. I can still comfortably lift 300 kilo. I can run two, three miles and I can still kick somebody in the head and do pad work. I'm happy to be that kind of all-rounder, trying to push myself to the extreme in anything, you're going to lose something out. Yeah, the price but, to play, yeah. that's a benefit ratio. Bodybuilding's not a healthy sport and I was always sensible. I never took big dosages of gear. I always had big clean-outs and I come to you for my bloods tonight. Well, we did that seen. thing before. We've done your blood, your scans, we've done... Your cardiac problem, we've done pretty much, and everything is, is good. So that's uh, it wasn't just good though, was it? No, it, it was very good. So it's a testament that, gear yeah, for what 14 years, it, yeah, it was uh, exceptionally, exceptionally good. All right, I mean, calm down, it's like the best show ever, ever. It's just you know, for a five foot, whatever guy, seven was, and a half, yes, yeah, so now you have a, a website, yes, and you've got lots of information on this what's your website about what's it called so basically it's called legion and that's www.joinourlegion.com um you know how this industry's got the fitness industry it's brilliant, it, isn't it? it really roils me i i hate when i see people getting ripped off or treated mistreated badly and that's probably from my shitty childhood and kind of you i want to help people Kind of like you do, in a way. You've been through some horrible shit and seen some horrible shit, and you just tend to go out yeah, and help people. Yeah, my hair went white, look. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you guys see a ghost or something for that. Yeah. Crazy shit. Exactly, that's the stuff I saw a ghost, and look what happens. So, <laughs> it, it kind of like, you, you can either get angry and mad at the world, or you can want to help people. I, I went down the route that I really want to make a difference. Um, we try and help everybody. A lot of people will take the piss and take, take, take. Yeah. You just—it's not you stop doing things for people. You just got to get smart on who you try to help. So, um, I so you don't sell programs, programs for ninety-nine. How to get your 
arms to 22 inches in 14 days. If I ever got my arms to 22 inches, I could maybe... Well, see, if you pay 4.99, then you'd fucking get your arms to 22 inches, won't you? That's what you went wrong. Send me a PayPal, and I'll write your program, 21 days, one inch per day. I seen um, a YouTube thing video the other day, how to grow a booty, and I was doing like some two kilo kickbacks and some yeah. banded. That's obviously the way forward. That's the way hams and glutes yeah, way forward, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. some dramatic music in the back. That's how I won the British. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, obviously, you didn't impress the bull, did you? You didn't check that booty if off. I, if, I would have, if I would have done them banded squats in front of him, maybe I would have got yeah. it. Maybe you just didn't do them right. You thought of that. Yeah, maybe I wore too many clothes. Yeah, but we'll change the subject. The different of the point there. So you've got this website, lots of information on there, training yeah. tips, nutrition tips. So the po- the point of the site was well, that I'm sick of the industry how people are just ripping. Everybody now is a prep coach PT. Yeah. People are training for six months, doing a competition, looking like a bag of shit, don't have any wisdom, and they're prepping people. And, Everyone's a PT, and fair enough, if, if you're going to charge somebody and get them moving and make some positive progress in your life, that's great. But if you're prepping somebody for competition, you need to be clued up on what you're doing because you, you're putting these people are putting people on drug stacks. Uh, I'm not being funny, but if uh, how many years the qualifications if, did it take to get... How many years did it take you to get your qualifications to be called a doctor? Yeah, it's been studying a long time. I mean, many, many, many years. Many years. Yeah. So if, if I come down to the local GPs, could I just say, uh, I know a little bit about drugs, can I have a job? They're going to tell me to, you know what I mean? So why is it allowed in bodybuilding for these prep coaches to turn around and say, oh, uh, I'm going to advise you with this drug so I can tell you to do this? I think what the problem with the industry is that if... And I mean, I like Mike Sheridan, another great guy. So, and we've discussed this many times. Somebody wants to stack, you say to him, no, I don't think you should take that. So they'll find the person who'll say, no, that's fine, you'll be okay. Yeah. And because the industry is catering for the needs of people, not necessarily what's best for them, whatever they want. So you've got coaches who are giving out stacks, and they've been coached by other coaches who are giving them different stacks, mm. and it becomes a whole spiral. Yeah. Everybody's become an expert, and with Google and a couple of books you can buy, bank, everyone's the expert, without looking at the long-term consequences of... Yeah. And, you know, let's be honest, we've all seen it. You know, you've got the great positive part of bodybuilding, and you've got great examples like Arnold and other success stories with the whole life change and yourself from a fairly destructive childhood to winning titles and being happy and positive and so many other people but we've also got the 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 side of drug addiction body dysmorphia depression uh, violence other, other horrible things in bodybuilding which everyone we've seen pretty much everyone i see a, like a bodybuilding that that big or to that kind of extreme messed up yeah. in the head that, that, is one, that is a sad reality yeah a lot of them turn to bodybuilding because they've been bullied or had bad childhood gone through these severe issues so they've yeah. turned to bodybuilding yeah. and then they stick a shitload of drugs into that already yeah. messed up cocktail in their brain and it kind of sends them over the edge it becomes addictive to them and makes it just worse and worse so basically this um I, I got sick of one people ripping people off, charging God knows how much money for PT sessions and diet plans, hundreds of pounds for a piece of paper they print off. So there you go. 
I don't know um, his his weight and his body fat and his yeah. his body type and how active he is. So how can without knowing all that information, how can I know what diet is yeah. going to work best for him? What foods are going to agree with his body type? What he's yeah. used to eating? I don't know any of that, so I can't print a piece of paper off as a, a general diet and sell it for a, a few hundred pounds. That's ripping people off. But worse than that is when they're giving drug stacks to people and don't understand the consequence. I know, I mean, you know some horror stories and so do I. I know these prep coaches putting 16, 17-year-old bikini girls on like Anavar, um, Novadex, yep. um, Clenbutrels, T3s. And these, these Anavar, 50 milligram Anavar, which don't even exist, it's probably D-ball or something. Just go for what? What is that going to do to a seventeen-year-old girl's body at that age? Yeah, it's going to have some drastic uh, effects on their body. That's going to be irreversible, and they're going to these people and paying them money because they trust in that person. You're supposed to be a PT prep coach. You should know. You got the qualification. They set a, a two-day stupid PD course, which is all it's done is taught them how, how to uh, not get sued. They don't teach you anything. I think the industry, you know, you've got lots of good guys in this industry as well. I mean, it's not yeah, so bad, yeah. but it is going through a transition phase. Um, I think it'll probably get worse before it gets better. Yeah. But there are lots of people who are being positive and drugs should be the icing on the cake. It's not the yes. cake. And, Diet no, and no, no champion has won on drugs alone. Mm -hmm. And we've seen lots of countless cases of people taking huge amounts of drugs and not winning anything. Like we were talking earlier, the guy who's in constant prep, it's like, yeah, I'm prepping for a show, mate. Yeah. Five years in prep, lots of gear, you know, nothing at all. And I think they are, they are people who are discussing things, and they are, they are good coaches around, they are positive examples. At the same time, they are bad ones around. And the whole psychological, personal, interpersonal relationship people have got, all this stuff has to be looked at. Um, Definitely. It's not, it's not for everybody. Uh, and... It would be nice where the coaches are realistic, where you get realistic goals. I mean, see, I would have been Miss Olympia personally, but you, you know, just didn't want it enough to do. I, I didn't want it. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to stand on stage that I'm the best ever. So what I thought now, nah, give them a chance. I'll let, I'll, yeah, I let, let everybody else win yeah. because I could win it any time. You felt sorry for Philly. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know Lee Haney in my time. So oh, I yeah, Lee Haney, so yeah. I could be the world's strongest man, but I thought I'd let, well, let them do it. You took away his eighth title, didn't you? Yeah. But he was like, yeah. no, nah, I'll let, I'll let him have it. Record. Let him have it because he had a hard childhood. Yeah. I thought, fuck it, I don't need that. You need but you've got to know your limitations. And I think that in any sport, in anything, you know, your best friend, your coach, it's, it's, you have to be honest and say, these are your limitations. You're not going to do it, regardless of how many drugs you take. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, your family and circumstances change. Your goals change. Your attitudes change. You can't put all your eggs into one basket that I'm going to win. And we both know top amateurs and pros who are fucking skint. You know, they've got that skin. And they're pros who can't afford to compete because yeah. there's no money in bodybuilding yeah, unless it's, you're it's, the very, very top, the top in the world. Yeah, I mean, it's like with the, with the fighters or everything, unless you're the top, there's no money. So yeah. there has to be a, a bigger spectrum to your life. So with yourself now, what's your sort of goals? What's your next five-year goals? Well, it's building up Legion, really, really trying to help people stop getting them ripped off and give up the right advice. So on the website, I've got 
14 years of competitive experience and I'm constantly learning, gathering information from the best in the world. So on there, I just put out shitload, as much information as I possibly can. I have bodybuilding on there and competition prep, body small for health, longevity. fitness, longevity. Yeah, get people who are carrying fat or they're not happy in themselves or they're mentally messed up, how you can we can help you in any kind of way. It's all on the website. We got Philippe on there. We got Jay Cutler on there. Lee Priest. Um, you're on there. We got proper doctors, Dr. Carmen. We got Dr. Josh Hill giving out proper advice on the drug side of things, trying to keep people healthy. So we just gone to the best of the best. And I'm a big believer. If you want to go and get a prep coach or a PT, don't go to Bob down the gym who's competed in one show and not done much go go to somebody that's done it and consistently done it the best because they obviously know what they're doing how many years experience you got how many people's blood results and that you yeah, got I mean, you know this, this, the pattern as i said earlier and we've had this discussion with so many people is go to the people not to me because i want shit because i didn't want to win I mean, that's a clear point i didn't want to win that's why i didn't do it but go to those people who've won being there, they know how to pray. Consistently. And they're healthy. Yes. I mean, no, with all due respect to anybody who's got ill, and I don't wish that upon anybody, but if somebody has got ill through cycles, personally for me, probably the last person to go to for advice. And I'm not being horrible to anybody, um, but, you know, if you want to go, uh, you want advice on how to be a better strongman, go to a strongman who's won, who's been there. Because you'll learn a lot more from people who've been there than guys who haven't been there. I don't know what it's like to cut for a show and because when I get hungry, I get dizzy and whatever. And this is why, again, I couldn't win the Miss Olympia and started eating. But, you know, you guys have been there. You know what it's like when it's hungry, when you can't sleep and you're getting ripped and you're carb loading and sodium depleting and all this sort of stuff. Go to the people who've won. And we had this discussion with Mike as well. Uh, and lots of other people. You know, the whole panel of people who are willing to talk to people. They don't just go to Dr. Google and what's, what's a good mass building cycle, what's a good cutting cycle, because you're not, this is going to be the wrong way to go. So yeah. Sites like yours, a lot of information on there, a lot of detail on there, interactive yeah. people can communicate, they're, they're good places. But, but more importantly, healthily. So, any, anything you, you can get anything you want in life, but you've got to have the right strategy how to get there. So first you need to know, exactly what you want in life. So if I want to be the best bodybuilder I can possibly be, I know I'm going to push my body to the extreme and it's not going to be healthy. So what do you want? you got to, as you were saying earlier, you've got to play to what you've got. You have to be sensible. You need to know your genetics. Yeah. I know I'm not genetically gifted to try and go against somebody like Phil Heath. It's stupid. There's no way my body could cope with trying to push to that weight. I have better genetics than an average person, but they're not amazing. I could probably hold my own as a 212. If I was going to push myself to 260 pound, that would be a mega, mega stress on my system. And that's, that's going to, I'd have to be up in the drug dosages, up in the food massively, pushing my body to the extreme, overloading it to a really unhealthy point just to try and, beat somebody and get a, a trophy take 20 years off my life maybe a lot more so you you got to see where are you good example was saying earlier you look at back in the day somebody like flex wheeler amazing genetics tiny waist beautiful shapes he was what about 250 260 pound on stage or something i don't i can't remember 
But you imagine that that's a big weight. He didn't eat a massive amount of food to get that big because his genetics allowed him to grow that much money, that much that much muscle yeah. on say four or five thousand calories. Yeah. For me to try and get to that weight, I'd probably have to eat eight, nine thousand calories. If I'm eating eight, nine thousand calories every day, what's that doing to my body? My stomach's gonna be constantly pushed out. I'm gonna get eventually a massive bloated bubble gut. You're taking huge amounts of insulin and growths and peptides, which is all gonna everything's just gonna explode from inside out. I'm not gonna look good. I'll get to two sixty pound, but my body's on overload. I'm eating and taking stupid amounts of shit just to try and stand next to somebody who's the same weight, doing it healthily. That's stupid for me to do, isn't it? I'm going to die, and he's still healthy because his genetics allow yeah, him to do that. You've got to understand what your body's capable of. and um, It's like you're saying, if any, anything you put in, there's going to be a consequence to it, whether it's a, a positive or a negative effect on your life. If... if to, to be the best bodybuilder, you can look absolutely amazing. You cannot be absolutely amazing and absolutely healthy. You can look good and be healthy, but you can't look amazing. When you're pushing it to the extreme, it's not healthy. The same words, I mean, Dorian Yates said exactly the same. Um, it's, it, there's a limit to everything. Whatever you put in, there is a price to pay for it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the smart ones that have pushed themselves to that limit unhealthily, got out at a good time and went healthy. They've dropped a shitload of weight, they've changed their lifestyle, they've changed their life and try and bring back some of that longevity. Smart ones with amazing genetics never had to push to that extreme in the first place. But if you, if to, to me, like, if I'm Phil Heath and I'm going for Mr. Olympia, they'd be the best in the world and I'm getting shit tons of money and sponsorships, I can half understand yeah, why so I would... Yeah why I would like jeopardize my health for that. But for somebody to win an amateur show, get a shitty trophy, to to push your body that you're gonna mess your health up to me is just retardedness. It's pure stupidity to push just the two most important things we have in life is time and health. And if you have no health, it doesn't matter how much time you've got because it's not worth living. Well, you're better off without the time, to be honest, if you're fucked up exactly. in bed. You want to live and you course. can't walk and you, you've got to wear oxygen masks to sleep. And, yeah. You know what I mean? It's crazy. It's, no, it's not life. No, just... Uh, you're, you're right. So within all your experience, if you could take your time back, would you have done anything differently? No. As much as I've known about a lot of things in my life, even the most horrific, horrible shit that I've ever been through, I had to go through it to get to where I am yeah. to, to so that today. that's sort of drive of the market for you. Yeah, I, I believe like we, there's no such thing as failure if you get back up. Every time you make a mistake, you learn from it, you come a bit wiser. I like to think I'm quite wise these days, and that's purely because I made so many stupid mistakes in my life. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. One, obviously, with Bill, he made a massive mistake, didn't you? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. bodybuilding now, I've got no no interest in getting back into competing. But as for training, I will always train, at least in some way. I love training. And how many times a week do you train? The minute, five to six. Usually five. I try and have two rest days. But if anything, because sometimes I do more. But, but more, I do... Are you still sort of your compound movements heavy? Yeah, deadlift squats all day long. I, I love that shit. I love pushing myself, but I'm not eating to grow. I'm just happy to maintain, look half decent. 
but but be healthy. I mean, um, sometimes me and Charlotte do runs in the morning. We do two, three miles just first thing in the morning. Just get out in nature. It feels great. Uh, my style of training, I go really heavy, but I do big drop sets, loads of reps. To my lungs feel like they're being squeezed out of my asshole. It's disgusting, but that kind of keeps me healthy as well. Yeah, that vision I just had. That yeah. So mm, did you just, make a little mess in the pants? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Right, you also play the piano badly. You play the piano, yeah. Yeah, so there's a and lot the more to, to life in there. I mean, and uh, you play with little ducklings. Yes, ducklings in the bath. I don't even own a bath. I'm sure. <laughs> but I. But you're happy now, aren't you? You're, I've you're, never you're, been you're, so happy in you're my happy, life you're since content. I stopped competing. Because yeah. when, when I was competing, it's so regimental, so strict. It was awesome, but you have to be really selfish to compete, to look your very, very best. Yeah. And that's what I struggled with. I mean, it is a, a, a story, um, horrific story. One year then I won the British. Basically, my, my, my dad was an alcoholic. He, was, he wasn't a good dad. He was not there for us. Uh, at a young age, when he, my mom finally got rid of him, he used to smash the house up and like he was a very abusive. But when she went, we, we would go and visit him once a week and he used to live above a pub and he'd drink a lot. But eventually, living that kind of lifestyle, he created, I don't, I don't believe you can just get cancer. He created cancer from his lifestyle. And he had a very rare kind of cancer that hit all his internal organs at the same time. There was only seven people in the world that were alive with this particular cancer. Yeah. So they were doing a lot of experiments and shit on him. Um, they gave him three months to live, and he's as stubborn as he is. He lasted three years. So we had to keep going to the hospital and seeing him, and we got called in so many times saying, say your goodbyes, he's not going to last a night. We get there, and he's outside on his feet smoking a fag. You're supposed to be dead now. What's going on? So that went on for a while. Anyway, I'm getting ready for a, a show, and you get to the stage where you're so tired, you're on zero carbs, you're training so much, your body's shutting down. You just want to be left alone. You can't be around people. You can't go out to somebody having a wedding. You won't go to the wedding because you're going to be selfish because I can't eat that food and I got to do this in my training. It gets that selfish. So we're about six weeks out now from the comp, and it's getting really hard. I go and see my dad every week, check in and see if he's okay. There's six weeks, I'm really tired, I'm really low. I'm, I'm like, I'm getting really pissed off and moody. I don't want to, I don't want to go around there and see, let him see me like this and put stress on him. He doesn't need that shit. And basically being selfish, I can't be asked. I just need to be left alone. I pull it out, I go see him next week. Next week comes, same again, I'm even worse. Four or five weeks out. I'll, yeah. Next week, next week. Anyway, it comes like a week from the show. I still haven't gone to see him. And I'm like, you know what? Let's do something special after the show. We'll get the show done. And we, I'll take him out. We go somewhere, do something nice. I make the effort. And then uh, it was the British. It was over a weekend. So I get a hotel in Nottingham. Go up Friday, compete Saturday and Sunday. Come back the Monday. So I go up. Uh, everything was great. Won the show, smashed it, come back, and then the day I come back, they said, oh, your dad died Friday. Wow. Nobody told me because they didn't want to affect my mindset because they knew how important the show was. I just sat there, I was, I was gutted. And to me, I was like, this sport has made me so selfish 
that I couldn't even visit my dad the last six weeks of his life because I was a miserable self. And, and I said to me at that point, I said, I'm never going to compete again. It's, I'm not a selfish person and it's made me into this. And then a few months went by and I rethought, but your, your hormones all over the shop. You yeah. come in, you shut your body down and all the rest of it. So I, I, I rethought it and I was, I was like, you know what? My dad was proud of me. Like he's, he was there. He was watching me. He was proud, and he'd have been so glad. He'd have been gutted if I missed the show and all the rest of it. So I said, I'm not. I'm not going to stop competing. What I'm going to do is, I'm going to grow from this experience massively, and make the fucking effort no matter what. So the following year, I competed. Somebody's got a party or a wedding, or I'm not good. I'm dieting. I make the fucking effort. I take all my food packed, and I go there no matter how tired. I put a big smile on for everybody else and I enjoy the day for them. And it made me a much better dieter and a much better person. Yeah. So it wasn't the bodybuilding, it's that bodybuilding attitude. And it's that winner's attitude. I mean, Arnold had the same when his father passed away, he, he didn't go. Yeah, was, uh, there was a similar, was similar story, wasn't it? There's other athletes, there's an Olympian and uh, his father had been given 24 hours to live on the day of his race mm. and, and he didn't go. And it's, uh, it's that... It's that one-track mind, isn't it? That sort yeah. of tunnel vision. I mean, I'm I'm not I don't I'm not a selfish person. It was really hard, but if I'd have had the choice to go and compete or go and see him on his last days, I would have gone and seen him. Yeah. I didn't know about it. It was my stupidity and selfishness that just became too lazy to go and see him because I was so focused tunnel vision. Yeah, and I mean, you know what? Because we kept seeing him and he. They give him three months, it's three years yeah. later now. He's all right, he'll be fine tomorrow. You'll see him next week, he'll be fine. You don't think about it, do you? But it massively makes you rethink life, what's really important to you. Like we were saying earlier, yeah. you know, people they collect up all this money and they've got no life, yeah. and then they get ill or they... So that priority, they, you, you need to find... Everyone has important. to find that path and that priority which they're happy on yeah. and which... Is that they're content on any final words of wisdom? Well, I'm just gonna say, like, if, if I was um, thinking what you just, just said there, I was never happy competing, it, it served a purpose, it gave me something to focus on and push forward, something to keep structure in my life, but it didn't make me happy. And I look back, it's because I had nothing else in my life, yeah. that was it. When I found a purpose in my life, like being able to help other people, creating legion meeting Shell, all the things I have in my life now is absolutely amazing. Oh, that's so sweet. But I don't, I don't need bodybuilding in my life now, do you know what I mean? It's, I, I love the training. They're, they're there now, they're there. That's so sweet. But, but you know what I mean? So, since I've met you, I feel the same. <laughs> You've got that, uh, that thing. It was that but you know, it, it's, you know, you meet a lot of people, but you know, you generally are a nice guy. Well, I mean, you're a bit, you're a bit short. I mean, okay, we, not much we can do about that. Yeah, but and I make up with it in heart. In heart, yeah. yeah. And uh, you've got some good cons, biceps. <laughs> we, were trying to, we were trying to compare earlier on, and obviously his, his arm's bigger than my fucking head. It's but never it's, big enough. It's getting, it? Look at that, ridiculous. That's all it's about, because he's got a big arms and chest. Got legs, I've got no chest. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, he's actually quite small like this, but if, we st if you're like this, then it's like, yeah, you'll... Yeah, that does. 
So thank, thank you very much, much Dean. You're welcome. As always, appreciate it. Yes. Great to see you again. And Dean will be coming more often. And the next time, we'll be talking more specifically about training, yeah. about diet, about biohacks. So hopefully Dean will come in regularly and not scare the fish. You know when you come in, have you seen the fish have scarred off in the corners? You have that effect of just run off. I like, just, I like fish. It's normally my last meal. Yeah, well, look, they've all disappeared. So, uh, guys, thank you very much as who is uh, watching and listening. I'll see you soon. And, Dean, thank you very much again. You're very welcome. So, guys, anybody getting into bodybuilding, rethink your life first. What's most important to you? Health comes first. <laughs>